Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Your getaway with Apple Vacations begins the moment you step on board one of our exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Escape the ordinary with packages starting at just $599. No layovers, just pure relaxation from takeoff to touchdown. Immerse yourself in the joy of travel with Apple Vacations. Your journey is as enchanting as the destination. So pack your bags and leave the rest to us. Visit AppleVacations.com or call your local travel advisor to book your vacation. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> Celebrate the end of your workday with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy Thursday flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money Tuesday, November 7th, as we say hi here, VSIN, the sports betting network. Hope you're having a nice start to your week. Uh, better than the Jets, of course, we'll get to Monday night as we wrapped up week nine in the NFL. We say hi. I'm Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles, the dangerous duo, Amal Shaw. Of course, Dustin Sweetelson. Downtown Las Vegas, Fremont Street, the D, chilling at Bar Canada. If you want to stop by and say hello, just set it up quickly, boys. couple of things. We had 113 games college basketball yesterday. Thomas Gable, race and sports book director at the Borgata, sends us plays pretty much every day for the college hoop season as he makes his own power rankings. He went 2-1, and one. could have won the Cal State game late to go 3-0, and but 2-1, and he sent over two plays, 15 college basketball plays. You mentioned Auburn and Baylor boys on the board today. We'll get to those coming up. What's fascinating is we've been jockeying the JMU football team in the fun belt, the sun belt. They're 9-0. They're 21st ranked. JMU's on a heater right now because JMU basketball beat Fourth-ranked Michigan State. Spartans yesterday as a 16.5-point dog, 79-76. We'll get into... The college hoops, I know Amal Shaw has a play there. We've got Maction College football today. Got three games in the MAC coming up later this evening. Adam Burke, Mr. Mac, Mr. Ohio is going to stop by customarily on a Tuesday in the final hour to talk a little Maction coming up in just a bit. No NBA with the in-game tournament. We do have 10 games on the ice. Of course, we mentioned the NFL. I I've got something for you two as I say hi to the boys. I, I want to get into, uh, I saw somebody do this, and I, I thought it was a good little experiment because we were talking so much yesterday about C.J. Stroud and just what a season he's having as the number two overall pick. I wanted to go through halfway through the year and regrade this year's draft. Thought we'd have a little fun with that as we say hi to the boys. Of course, going to start with the 27-6 winner for the Chargers last night over the Jets. Got plenty of sound coming out of this one, Amal Shaw. Two field goals for the Jets against the 31st-ranked pass defense of the Chargers. Disgusting. And I mean that. Disgusting performance by J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. What's up? Welcome. Yeah, uh, well, I'm going to need an intervention here with this team. Couldn't quit them before the game started. Took them into halftime when they were plus 12 and a half for the game. Thought maybe get a little fight out of this team. But, you know, actually, Patrick, they scored six points. I thought they were going to win this game six to three. They only gave up 197 yards. How the hell do you give up 27 points in an NFL game when your defense only gives up a buck 97? Uh, it was special teams with the punt return for a touchdown, which we saw out of the Chargers, and then, of course, that two-yard drive late. But just the colossal failures. It's not just Zach Wilson, the offensive line. Garrett Wilson had a couple of drops along the way, just not making key plays when the opportunity presents itself from an offensive standpoint. This team is in serious trouble, guys. I, I don't see Aaron Rodgers rushing back if you're going to get these types of performances from the O-line. 
Yeah, and it's you mentioned it's not just Zach Wilson. It's not just the offensive line. There's a lot to it, and a lot of that has to do with Nathaniel Hackett. You just mentioned Aaron Rodgers. He brought over his boy, Nathaniel Hackett, to run the offense there with the Jets. His offense is unimaginative. It was 32nd in scoring last year with Denver before he got booted. They're 30th in points per this year with the Jets. They're 31st in yards per with the Jets. It's a, just a bland, vanilla offense to watch. We'll have a little fun here as we get started with the Chargers and Jets, both sitting 4-4 four and four moving forward. Obviously, a team and the Chargers buoyed from that performance yesterday. Although, as Amal said, Dustin Sweetelson, as we say hi for the first time today, not necessarily an overly promising performance by the lightning bolts either. Uh, nepotism Nathaniel, that should be his new name because he only gets jobs because Nepo of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, uh, literally only got the Denver job because they were like, hey, are you friends with Aaron Rodgers? And he said, <laughs> yeah, I can convince him to come here. You should hire me. Well, he got stuck with Russell Wilson. That's what happened there. Now he's in New York where Aaron Rodgers ended up as well. And it's the same exact story. The guy has no idea what he's doing in designing a scheme. It is literally the same plan every week with the same bad quarterback, Zach Wilson, every week. And nothing has changed for this offense this year. And by the way, nothing's changed with Zach Wilson's play since day one in the NFL. Patrick, real quick, before we move forward off of Nathaniel Hackett, there was an article in the LA Times, and this is going back almost 20 years. Bill Plaschke had written an article that said, Paul Hackett, his dad, was the worst coach in L.A. sports history. That includes the Bruins, the Dodgers, the Lakers, the Raiders, the Rams, everybody involved. What does that tell you about Nathaniel Hackett? Why were we expecting some sort of different result in this situation when he was a colossal failure at other stops and his dad was a terrible coach as well? Yeah, I mean, the Jets last night, it, it's it's just, it's it's not a good football team. It's interesting. They had one three straight, but let's go through this. So we mentioned two field goals against a terrible pass D. Also allowed eight sacks. They were three of 17, the Jets, on third down. They're 22% on the year, which is about as bad as it gets over the last 45, 50 years. They've got eight, count them, eight offensive touchdowns through eight games. It, it's almost impossible to be this inept offensively. And, you know, 61 of those passing yards from Zach Wilson, we're showing 263, came on the final drive when the Chargers were just like, here, you can have whatever you want. So if you just take a look at the numbers, 33 of 49, two fumbles lost for Zach Wilson, but 263 say, ah, it's not bad if you're doing a little box score breakdown. Uh, the numbers don't tell the story. I, he is... He's about as bad as I've seen. He is missing open receivers left and right. He has zero pocket presence. That's the one thing. When they were in Douglas was analyzing the quarterback position, they drafted Wilson two overall them all. You know, I, I understand in that BYU offense essentially was six plays and five of the plays had everybody just go routing. However, he just never had to show anything as far as presence in the pocket. And that is obviously a skill that's, innate and he just does not have it yeah I think you summarized him perfectly I was watching that game last night I couldn't figure out is it the offensive line that's allowing everybody through or is it his, is it his propensity to hold on to the football too long you know there was a play uh, I want to say I think it was in the second quarter they were driving and you see him flip the ball to Brees Hall I thought it was an opportunity for him to be able to run on the third down and nine or so and he doesn't do that he ends up uh in a situation where he gets tackled by the defender coming up on the play. I thought it would have been much closer to the first down if he kept it himself, but he just doesn't seem to have the awareness that's needed for a quarterback. And you brought up another good point, just missing targets that are open throws that you would expect an NFL quarterback, let alone a number two pick in the draft to be able to make. That's the bigger issue here with this team, Patrick. When you look at it, it's not just the incompetency of the offense, but it's throws that you would expect almost any quarterback one through 32 to be able to make. And he's just not able to do it. It's it's a it's a weird vibe because as you mentioned them all and I know Dustin you want to jump in here but quickly there's such a dichotomous situation with the Jets because the defense is really good. I mean, the defense sacked Herbert five times, held him to a career low 136 passing yards. So, look, it got to the point where, and let's be fair, uh, you know, Aikman and uh, who's in the who's Bach. in the booth with them? 
Oh, Joe Buck. It, not not exact not exactly Maniscalco and Seinfeld. However, they were doing their best Laurel and Hardy. They I mean they were just clowning. Not just Zach Wilson, but they were clowning the Jets offense. Aikman, who I think likes probably at libations, he, he was getting down late in the game, just absolutely killing the Jets, and that's what it's gotten to. It's a four and four team with Rodgers throwing balls before the game started with a little hope because of the defense, but it's just an offense that is just – and if he doesn't make a change, if Salah doesn't make – and we're going to hear from Salah. If he doesn't make a change at OC, that is – he's legitimate, legitimately letting you know, Dustin, that Aaron Rodgers is running the show because you have to make a change. This is an offense that is decrepit. Yeah, I mean, look, the hallmark of this Jets season so far is uh, Aaron Rodgers went down, but they won opening night. They lost only by three to Kansas City. Uh, they beat a bad Denver team. They somehow beat the Eagles. And then when they took on the Giants, they beat Tyrod Taylor and Tommy DeVito. So that's the Jets season so far. The offense is awful. The defense is great. Here's what Robert Sala had to say when he was asked if he's concerned about the difference between the two units. No, it's, uh, it's a team game. You want all three phases. Um, obviously, special teams giving up seven is not good. Um, uh, you, it's been uh, it's been a pretty dominant group. I feel like all year, and it's just to, to let up that touch onto that kid, and he's a special returner, um, which we knew going in. But um, yeah, we got a championship defense. I know we do, um, and uh, we got a young offense, a lot of moving parts. And uh, is it is it? And, and I get the frustration. Trust me, I do. But uh, but we just got to keep trying to find ways to get better. And we got a game coming up Sunday. Got a quick turnaround. So. So the punt return for a touchdown. This is when you know it's bad, boys. When the Chargers return a punt for a touchdown. When you're thinking, if you're betting the Jets, well, the game's over unless they get a defensive score because they're not catching up offensively down a touchdown. That's an issue right now. If you're th- if you're at home and you're already thinking, all right, if they're behind it because you wanted to, if you and I, we were all on the Jets essentially, but if you want to, I'm all back the Jets in that situation. It's just going to be a slugfest where you just grind out a turn over and get a score with Brees Hall. If you give up a special team score, you're done. Uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, when they gave up that punt, refer- punt return for a touchdown, I'm like, you know, Herbert's going to do well, but in reality, he didn't play that great. This team offensively wasn't great. The Jets gave up out of 13 drives, they gave up two drives of more than 50 yards. I would expect if you give up a drive for 68 yards and it winds up only in a field goal, and you give up one touchdown drive of 50 yards, you're going to walk out of that game with a W. I wish Sala would just come out of this postgame press conference and go, look, guys, and he's right. They do have a Super Bowl caliber defense. Our offense sucks. There's just no other way to put it. This team is terrible. I'm sorry to the paying customers. Stop trying to sugarcoat something that we can all see. Ray Charles and Stevie Wonder can see it. This offense is horrific. I mean, it is beyond bad, and I'm telling you right now, their best place to punt on first down, maybe they get a turnover on the punt return like they almost had last night. Go ahead, big guy. What do you got? Just saying, Josh Dobbs was out there for the taking. You wanted to make the playoffs this year. Could have had Josh Dobbs the rest of the year. Definitely an upgrade. Oh, he li- he resides in a different galaxy than Zach Wilson. We'll hear from the quarterback and more. What's next for the Chargers and Jets moving forward? Sharp Money just getting started. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. 
So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud, Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less, like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. Oracle.com strategic. Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for 40% off site-wide and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for 40% off site-wide at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, it's DraftKings right now for new customers using the promo code SHARP at five bucks. Get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Again, new customers use that promo code SHARP and all customers at DraftKings a no sweat, same game parlay every day. DraftKings, the crown is yours. We got you back here on Sharp Money. I'm Mal Shaw. I'm Patrick Maher. Going to welcome in the great Jay Billis, ESPN college basketball analyst. You can find him a must follow on Twitter, of course, at Jay Billis. The book, Toughness, which you can find on Amazon. Hi, Jay. Thank you so much for doing this. We appreciate it as we kick off the college basketball season. And you were tweeting about Michigan State 79-76 loss to JMU. What was the main takeaway? My assumption is Izzo uses this for motivation, but what'd you see in this one? Yeah, they weren't very good. Um, you know, I think Michigan State's got a top five, top ten team personnel-wise, but it, you know they must have missed 15 free throws. I watched the tape this morning of the game. I had it on last night, but I was going back and forth among a bunch of different games. And uh, and when I watched the tape this morning, I mean, they missed a bunch of free throws. They went one of 20 from three. I mean, so they knocked down a few free throws. They, they win the game. But, uh, you know, they put a ton of pressure on their defense by not finishing plays. I didn't think they were uh, – they weren't as aggressive as I expected them to be having a veteran team. But, uh, you know, you've seen years in the past where Michigan State has started out slowly and they're there at the end. Uh, so maybe this was, uh, uh, you know, I'm not a big believer in wake-up calls, but maybe this was a wake-up call for them because they're, they're far better than they played. And James Madison's good. You know, that's a good opening game to play. It's just not a good opening game to lose. Jay, number one, Kansas was dominant last night, but Dewan Harris now takes over running the show for Jalen Wilson. Is he good enough to lead this team when you look at the guys he can feed with uh, Dickinson, McCuller, and Adams? Yeah, he's more than good enough. He's one of the top five point guards in the country uh, and the best defensive point guard in the country. Uh, outstanding passer. Uh, he's been a little, I guess you'd call him a reluctant shooter uh, his first few years there. But I think what, you know, he can shoot it when he's open and make them. And I think he has to be a little more aggressive. That's sort of the one question mark I have about Kansas as the number one team is do they shoot it well enough from the perimeter? And, uh, uh, you know, Hunter Dickinson, who transferred in from Michigan, you mentioned he was, I think he was their leading scorer last night, lefty. He could step away and knock down threes. Uh, he's a little bit vulnerable in pick-and-roll defense. But um, uh, do they have other guys that can consistently make shots? Um, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see. 
You hear the voice. It's synonymous with college basketball, and it's back. Jay Billis. So you've got a 2-12 matchup on Friday with Duke and Arizona, but in the Billis index, it's a 2-10 matchup. You've got Duke 2, you've got Arizona 10, and your little top 10 here. Help us with a scout on these two teams. Well, Duke is really talented, uh, and they've got some experienced players back, led by Jeremy Roach and Kyle Filipowski and uh, Mark Williams didn't play in their, uh, or excuse me, Mark Mitchell didn't play in their first game. Uh, so, you know, I, I expect that, that he'll be back really versatile lefty that can guard multiple positions. They're not as, Duke is not as uh, proficient shot blocking, protecting the rim this year. I mean, they lost Derek Live to the second, who's doing great with Dallas. Uh, so they're going to have to be more creative defensively to try to keep uh, Kyle Filipowski had a foul trouble, so my guess is they'll they'll you know trap the post a little bit more, maybe trap some ball screens, and uh, try to be a little bit more disruptive so that he's not having to to pick up extra fouls around the rim. Uh, and Arizona's they're they're big again. Uh, they've got a lot of size. Um, Umar Ballo's their their best player, uh, but their guards are very good. They got Caleb Love transferred in from uh, from North Carolina. Uh, they put up 122 points in their game, the first game. They played Morgan State, but still, you know, I hadn't seen anybody else put up 122. So Tommy Lloyd runs great offense, and uh, uh, they're going to score. So that's a that's a fabulous game uh, right out of the gate for both Duke and Arizona. It's a real challenge for Arizona to have to go on the road and play in that environment. Jay, you know John Shire. What has allowed him to step in for Coach K and not skip a beat in recruiting, actually even elevate it a little bit based on what he's been able to bring in the last couple of years? Well, he'd been doing it for a while under Coach K. I think he'd been an assistant there for nine years, and he was essentially the, the coach in waiting for an entire year. So he had a little bit of a head start, I would say, of everybody knowing it was going to be him. And, uh, and so he was able to get prepared and have a really good first recruiting class. I mean, he won, what, 27 games last year. They wound up getting beat in the tournament the second round, I believe, by Tennessee in just an ultra-physical game. Uh, I think they were were better than that. I think uh, I thought they were a Sweet 16, Elite 18, uh, maybe even Final Four uh, with the right draw. But, but that sort of physicality for that young of a team uh, got them in the second round. Uh, I, John's really mature for his age. He's very young. Uh, I think he's in his early mid thirties, whatever it is, but he, he's, he's young, but he's really smart and he gets it. He's got a great demeanor. He's great with the players. Uh, but you know, he did some things last year. that first year coaches don't usually do. They went undefeated at home. They won the ACC tournament championship, uh, you know, ranked, uh, all year long. It was really, really an impressive debut. And, and he's got the outstanding recruiting class again. Then he winds up getting Cooper flag, uh, coming in next year, who is the number one recruit in the country. So uh, uh, he's he's got the talent pipeline continuing uh, to flow. At Jay Billis on Twitter, you talked about three teams that could make a run this year. How about last year with FAU, Jay? They return all five starters. Uh, are they going to be a threat again? Yes. Um, they're they're going to be really good. I didn't anticipate them being this good last year. You know, I watched them during the season – but, you know, I didn't I wasn't looking at them saying there's a final four team. You know, I thought, hey, they can beat somebody in the tournament. But final four, I mean, they were and that's how how thin the line is for a team like Florida Atlantic, who's really good. But, you know, they were a, a stupid turnover by Memphis away from getting beat in the first round and and nobody be talking about them. Um, that's how big this tournament is for, you know, sort of establishing who you are, and who you can be. Uh, but they took advantage of the run, and I think Dusty May is a great coach. And he was a – I think people probably know this by now after all the publicity they got, but he was a manager under Bob Knight at, uh, at Indiana and, uh, and coached with Mike White at, at Florida and, and all that. He, he's, he's got a great pedigree, and he's, he's another guy like John Shire. has got a great demeanor with the players. And uh, they play really hard. Uh, they, they are very difficult to guard because of how versatile they are. And while they're overall, they're small, they've got two really good big guys. And, uh, you know, Vlad Golden is, is a seven footer and a really good player played at Texas tech. Uh, so they're, they're legit, but the, the hard part, I mean, they could take a few more losses. They got a better schedule regular season this year. So they could take a couple more losses this year than they had last year and be a better team and they could be a better team and losing the second round. 
um, that's sort of the the, the difficulty of uh, the NCAA tournament. Jay, you've got Purdue at number four. Two-part question here. Does Matt Painter finally get over the hump and get this team to a Final Four? And can Zach Eady become the first player since Ralph Sampson to repeat as Naismith Player of the Year? I like Edie's chances just because he's so efficient. And at his size, 7'4", you know, he stays out of foul trouble. He's easy to play with. Uh, you know, ridiculous. He makes his free throws, and he gets fouled way more than the referees call. And that's not a knock on the referees. It's just when you got somebody that big. It's like Shaq in the NBA. He got fouled way more than got called. Um, you know, LeBron, things like that. The uh, sort of physical anomalies don't get the calls that smaller players seem to, at least in my judgment. I don't think I'm alone there. Um, but, you know, can Matt Painter get over the hump? Yes, he can. I mean, you guys remember uh, in 2019 uh, when it Carson Edwards, I mean, they were in the Final Four right before uh, uh, Virginia wound up pulling off that miracle at the end of the game when uh, Mamadi Diakite hit that shot. Uh, at the buzzer to send it into overtime. Uh, so they've been right there. I think the hard part is going to be, and I'm sure Matt has acknowledged this publicly. I haven't seen it. Uh, I haven't seen all his quotes and everything. But, um, you know, they've owned the fact that three years in a row they've lost a double-digit season in the tournament. And um, uh, one of them was in a later round. They lost, you know, they lost in a later round to uh, St. Peter's. Uh, a couple years ago, but, you know, last year in the first round, I mean, that was kind of inexplicable uh, to lose to Fairleigh Dickinson the way they did. They played horribly, and not to take anything away from Fairleigh Dickinson, but they, Purdue was horrible. And so how do, you, how do you do that? How do you, like, get over those emotional scars when you get back? And, you know, I mentioned Virginia haven't beaten them, and that was a year after Virginia had been beaten by UMBC in the first round. Uh, they were the first number one overall seed to lose to a 16 seed, Purdue being the second. So, you know, I, I thought Tony Bennett did a really good job with his team of owning it. But people forget in the year after they lost to UMBC, they were down 14 in the first half of their first round game. And that's an emotional hurdle to get over. And Purdue's got to get over it. You're an institution. We look forward to the call on Friday. Duke, Arizona, Jay Billis, College Basketball, ESPN. Thanks, Jay. Appreciate you. Thank you, guys. Okay. At Jay Billis on Twitter. We're going to come back. Emery Hunt talking NFL next. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, DraftKings, bet $5, get $200 in bonus bets instantly if you're a new customer using the promo code SHARP, S-H-A-R-P. Also, a no-sweat, same-game parlay every day for all bettors over at DraftKings. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Jake Butt's going to join us now. I'm all Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. He's got bright future in broadcast, former Michigan tight end, of course, just called Wisconsin, Indiana. He hit the jackpot this week. Lucky Jake. He's on the Iowa Rutgers call. <clears throat> Why don't we start here, Jake? Hi, at jbooty88 on Twitter. Why don't we start? You had the Wisconsin, Indiana call. Indiana, 20 to 14 winner. What has gone wrong for Wisconsin this year? I mean, the number one thing is is injuries. Uh, you know that 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 that's what killed him this past week is. You know, and really it started Ches Belusi went down earlier in the year. I think that may have been an even bigger injury than Braylon Allen. Um, but, of course, they were without Braylon Allen last week. They were without uh, uh, Chimbay DK, their wide receiver. They've been without Tanner Mordecai, their quarterback. So you combine that with the fact that it's a brand-new head coach, a brand-new offensive system. They go from Wisconsin, which is 22 personnel, tight ends and fullbacks, to an air raid system. They don't even carry fullbacks on their roster. They go from a 3-4 Jim Leonard defense to kind of a blend 3-4, hybrid. So they're a program that's in transition, and then that's always going to be tough anyways, but then you combine the injuries, and it just puts you in a really, really tough spot. Um, certainly just didn't have enough to overcome it this past weekend. 
Jake, two-part question here. The one, the stuff going around surrounding Michigan, does anything come about in terms of this season, in terms of impacting them and their chance for the college football playoff? And then more importantly, on Saturday in State College, Michigan's a four-and-a-half-point favorite. I find this a little bit surprising based on how the Wolverines have played. How do you look at this matchup in terms of how Penn State's offense matches up against Michigan's D? Well, to answer your first part, um, that, that, that's the question I think everybody's waiting to see. Uh, we kind of know what we know at this point, and I think it's been established that Connor Stallions, you know, the way, the way he uh, acted, you know, some of, the, some of the things by sending people in person um, to film, like that's, that's clearly over the line, and now he's, he's not with the program anymore. Um, now the question is, is, you know, does the Big Ten act, does the NCAA act, if they do, what's Michigan's response? If they do act, what is it? So um, it seems like there's going to be a little back and forth regardless, but I'm sure we'll all be watching that uh, as, it, as it unfolds. Um, as far as this weekend goes, that, that, that's the other big question here is, you know, I, I think when Michigan and Penn State have the ball, that's a completely separate story than when Penn State has the football because Penn State's, football, Penn State's offense has really struggled to move the ball at times, certainly explosively this year. And when they faced the best defense they faced all season against Ohio State, they really, really struggled to move the ball. Well, Michigan's coming to town with a defense that's on par with the way Ohio State plays defense. That's going to be the interesting thing. Now, the question is, is did they do enough last weekend against Maryland where they put up 50-plus points and got, got some nice contributions from the receivers and um, Katron Allen? It, you know, is that enough to boost them this weekend against a good Michigan defense? I don't know. I think the early downs will tell us a big story. I don't think Penn State wants to live in a third and long situation. I don't know that Drew Aller's there yet as a quarterback to overcome a lot of uh, late down, third down adversity against this Michigan defense. So um, I know Penn State doesn't necessarily probably want to run the ball right into this front, but I think they're going to have to to get themselves into favorable down and distance. Big Ten Network analyst Jake Butt joining us here on Sharp Money. You mentioned Sparty. They head to Columbus this weekend. That number right now, 31 and a half with Ohio State laying it. So obviously not much of a matchup. Question for you, Jake. Who are you hearing as a potential replacement there in East Lansing at head coach? That's I, I, I'm not hearing anything too much right now. I can tell you one thing is when you when you uh, when Urban Meyer name, Urban Meyer's name has uh, has got bounced around. I can tell you I don't I don't think that's going to happen. I, I think I think Michigan State is probably being a little bit patient to see what names become available too down the stretch of the season. They're in a they're in an inflection point in their program where this next coaching hire is extremely important because you risk you know, going into some really dark years by committing to the wrong coach and that guy not being able to uh, revive the program. Um, and at that point, you know, you'll have, uh, you know, a decade of tough, tough times. Um, and it makes it hard to kind of dig yourself out of that. So ideally, Michigan State can find the next D'Antonio that can, and what D'Antonio did such a good job of was taking you know, three and four starred recruits and getting them to play way above their high school rating. No one leveraged external disrespect better than D'Antonio. I think that's, that, that's, that's the kind of identity of the coach still need. You know, I talked to Matt Rule at Nebraska earlier this year, and, you know, he had success at Temple. He had success at Baylor. Now he's the head coach at Nebraska. He brought up a great point. You have to learn how to win given each specific situation. The same is true for Michigan State. There's a certain ide identity that wins up there in East Lansing. I think part of that is running the ball. You know, we, they've had some great physical O-lines and running the football and then playing good, sound Big Ten defense. They've kind of gotten away from that in recent years. That's the steps they need to take to get back on track. Jake, you mentioned Matt Rule. How do you see this Nebraska program? If anybody sat through and watched that Michigan State-Nebraska game on Saturday, wasn't overly impressed with the Huskers' offense. But from a big-picture uh, standpoint, do you think they're trending in the right direction? Oh, yeah. I mean, they're absolutely trending in the right direction. Shoot, they're, they're, they're one win away. Uh, look, they're one win away from a bowl game. That's, that's a pretty damn good spot. I know last week was pretty frustrating for the Corn Huskers, um, but – 
Look, the defense has taken major, major strides under, under Tony White. Like, that, that is a revamped defense. Even the special teams, which has been a huge issue in the past, has taken some strides. Um, offensively, it's the same issue where yeah, yeah, every single week, I'm sure Nebraska fans are sitting here saying, man, we just have to stop turning the ball over. Man, we just have to stop. And then they do it every single week. You know, I think part of that is, is frankly, as, as tough as this is, it's a business. You, you're going to need to get new guys in there that understand how to take care of the football right now. That's not the case. Jeff Sims has a history of turnover problems going all the way back to his time at Georgia tech. I was a little bit interested when they brought him in. So the, the biggest thing Nebraska could do offensively, it's not about adding anything. They don't need to add anything right now. They need to lose the things that are working against them. They need to lose the negative. That's a net positive for them. Taking care of the football, Nebraska would already be at six wins if they could just take care of the football. If not seven, if not eight, that's the biggest thing. Okay, Jake, I'm putting you on the spot, but you can handle it. The college football committee, their second rankings come out tonight. Let's hear the Jake Butt top five college football right now. I, 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 what do I think the committee's going to do or my, no, 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 no. I don't care about the committee. I care about you. What are you going to, what would you say right (laughs) now? Okay. Well, yeah. So I think the committee's get well, real quick. I think nothing changes. I think the one through one through six really is going to be exact, the exact same to me. I would have Michigan at one Georgia at two Ohio state at three. And I would have Washington at four. Um, though I think as the season plays out, if I had to pick right now, I would pick Oregon to beat Washington. I always say, Hey, home field advantage counts for something. I think Oregon's a better team, but, but Washington got them at home and I give credit to the team that won. Um, to me, Michigan's look like the best team throughout this, this season. Certainly Georgia. I would not be mad at you if you had Georgia as the number one team in the country. I just think Michigan has looked more dominant. I don't, I don't care about the schedule as much as others. Ohio State, they have some of the best wins in college football, though Notre Dame is kind of folding a little bit. So maybe that we, we look at that win a little bit differently. Um, and then I put Washington over Florida State just because of what the Pac-12 has been this year. It has been a gauntlet out there, and Washington continues to win and win and win. I wonder if they'll be able to finish the season undefeated because the defense has been shaky at times. But that's, that's, that's my top four right there. Jake, I'll give you three options. You can add somebody else if you like. Heisman right now, Penix plus 160, Bo Nix plus 180, J.J. McCarthy 8-1, to one, or do you have someone else? Yeah, that, those are the three right there. And, and frankly, I know we, we, don't, we don't want to admit that this is true, but team success certainly plays a factor. You know, like your, your team has to win. Your team kind of has to be in the big moment to, to have a good chance at this. I think it's probably coming from one of those three guys. I thought maybe we'd get a Marvin Harrison Jr. in there, but he, he almost had no room for error, and he didn't have like a Heisman-type performance last, uh, last week. I mean, you could maybe throw Marvin Harrison Jr. in there if he goes off for 250 yards against Michigan and leads his team to victory. But, the, but those are the three right there, and um, I think we'll have to observe how each of their teams plays down the stretch. You know, each of those guys still has to maintain that minimum statistical excellence, but it's probably one of those three. Jake Butt. Big Ten Network analyst Jay Booty 88 Iowa Rutgers this weekend. We're going to take a shot for every touchdown scored, so we'll be driving sober. Jake, have a good call. Thank you. All right, guys. Yeah, thanks. We'll see you later. Enjoy the game. Adam Burke is next. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 
2025 QX80 coming this summer. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money, as we welcome you back on a Tuesday, and it's good to have our guy back. Berkey Tuesdays here, of course. VSIN managing editor at Skating Tripods on Twitter. I'm Patrick Maher, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, and joining the boys sandwich in between at Bar Canada, downtown Las Vegas, is the one and only. Managing editor over at VEASAN, Adam Burke. And let me give you an idea of what you can expect from Berkey right now. Then he can break down the website for us. You've got Maction tonight. He's got plays and write-ups on all three games coming up tonight. He's got his college basketball best bets today. And I believe he's going to have one every single day. Got two bets tonight. He's got his top NFL survivor picks for week 10. He's got his NFL week 10 opening line report up there. He's got his week 11 college football schedule and situational betting spots to look for over at vison.com. Berkey, what did I miss? Fill me in. Uh, college football power ratings go up on Sunday night. So my updated one through 133 or however many there are, and then also my game spreads for the week. So you got almost all of it. I appreciate that, Patrick. And the college football pod with our buddy Tim Murray as well. So uh, Berkey is a busy man. And you got a special shout out from our guy Bill AD today because you are. Did you know that you're the Mac expert because you're from Ohio? Congratulations on that. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. I was unaware of that. Um, honestly, <laughs> handicapping the Mac is brutal because most of these teams are bad. So you just don't really know game in and game out who's going to be less bad. So that's kind of what the conference has sort of become at this point in time, especially with the NIL and the transfer portal. Like anybody who's good in that conference, they just get scooped up by somebody else. It, it, we were just talking, I believe it was you, big guy, that brought up Kent State. So remember, Kent State's head coach, Sean Lewis, bailed on Kent State to go take the OC job with Dion at Colorado. He just got demoted for Pat Shermer. Like, first off, it was, did you guys find it odd? Uh, Amal, I'll start with you here. Did you find it odd that you'd leave a head coaching position in a pretty good conference? I mean, it's the Mac to go take an OC job. And maybe he was promised that head coaching job in waiting when Dion would bail on Boulder. But now it's starting to get messy there. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, these coaching weddings tend not to work out that well. Remember, Will Muschamp was supposed to be the coach in waiting in Austin for a long time. And I'm with you, Patrick. When he made that move, I couldn't figure out why he chose to make that decision. From a salary standpoint, it was probably higher going to be the OC at Colorado than it was the head coach at Kent State. Because Kenny Burns right now is making about, I, I forgot what the exact amount is, but I know it's less than a million dollars. So that, that was an interesting move from my perspective. I mean, I think you go and you coach Shadur Sanders, right? I mean, I think that was kind of the thought process there for him. And again, it probably was a financially motivated thing where he'd make more being an OC at a power five than he would being the head coach at, at Kent State. And I mean, Kent State is a program that, you know, good, decent athletics, basketball team's good, but, you know, football, it's kind of hit or miss. Five years, 2.7 million for old Kenny Burns. And Sean Lewis, 
Would have been a smart job to maybe bring a few offensive linemen with him if he thought he was going to be the next head coach of Colorado. Yeah, I think so. Uh, let's get to a, a, at least one of these games tonight. And, big guy, I think you have a play on Central and Western. Uh, but Ohio and Buffalo, that tonight, Ohio's lay, laying seven and a half on the road at Buffalo Burke and 44 on the total. I believe you went under here with Ohio and Buffalo. Yeah, this is an underplay for me. I mean, Curtis Rourke is, you know, he's not as good as his brother Nathan, but, you know, he's done pretty well there at Ohio. The problem is this season coming off the torn ACL, completion percentage is down 6%. He's not really running as much as he was. Maybe he doesn't have the same skill position, guys, at the wide receiver position. So Ohio has struggled offensively. They're 97th in yards per play in the country, but defensively, they're 12th. So they've been really good on defense. Part of that is because the MAC has a lot of bad offenses as well. But I think Buffalo's a really bad offense. So I don't think that the Bulls do a whole lot on the Bobcats here tonight. And Ohio just doesn't create a lot of explosive plays. So I like the under in that one. It was 44 and a half a little bit earlier in the week. A lot of 44s out there now. Yeah, real quick, just to add to it, Patrick, we're going to have wind about 13 miles an hour with a light rain. Could be a little bit of a factor here in this game. And you mentioned it with Adam, uh, Adam mentioned it, just the inconsistency. Wiggles, who's their top receiver for uh, Ohio, he's a transfer from Ohio State, so got some decent talent there. But this Buffalo, Buffalo Bulls team, since Lance Leopold left, has just gone completely backwards. Big guy, you got to play in Kalamazoo. Shout to Derek Jeter. Western Michigan lane three, hosting the Chips Central, 58 on the total. Yeah, you know, I was in between whether I was going to lay it with Western at home or go with the total, and Burke kind of solidified it for me. It's really hard to back one of these teams. They're both so bad, but they're both really bad defensively, which is why I think the over is the play at 58. You've got a team in Western. Uh, they run a really up-tempo offense. 21st in plays per game, 75 plays per game, 25th in rush rate where Central Michigan's D-line is 28th in inline yards, 125th in stuff rate, so they're not good against the run. Buckley, the running back for Western Michigan, coming off a 97-yard performance, or he's averaging 97 yards per game. They are averaging 26 points per game on offense and dead last in the league at giving up 32.8 on defense. Central Michigan has gone 12-3 and in November since 2019. They need to win to keep bowl eligibility a possibility they ran for 331 against northern illinois a week ago luke's their running back went for 202 despite being good rushing attacks i think because they play at a fast pace and both defenses stink will go over 58 hey adam you know why you'd like western michigan kalamazoo michigan why do you think you'd like it well, it's pretty close to Grand Rapids, right? So it's decent beer. GR time. is close, yes. But also, if you're from Michigan, Western is known because Bell's Brewery is there. Ah. And also a bunch of microbreweries that are awesome in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Just a thought. If you and I ever want to take a road trip and want to hit up the zoo, Kalamazoo, do you have a play here tonight? No, I don't have a play in that one. And, and I don't like anything in Ball State, Northern Illinois either. Although I will say Northern Illinois is averaging over seven yards per play on offense in their conference games here. So we'll see if Ball State's able to slow them down. This is a live betting opportunity, I think. If NIU is just marching, Ball State's offense is not good. They're not going to be able to keep up here. So if you see NIU having a lot of success, maybe they leave some points on the field, miss field goals, turnovers on downs, stuff like that, then maybe you get involved with Northern Illinois here from a live standpoint. Yeah, Ball State averages less than 17 points per game, Patrick. I think it's going to be a real slog for their offense in this one. NIU uh, with an opportunity to get to 500 here tonight. I could teach Even classes at Ball State. What's that, big guy? I could teach classes at Ball State. We didn't get a chance. That's Dustin Sweetelson for those keeping score at home. We didn't get we didn't get a chance uh, to to catch up with you after the Rangers. How about Bruce Bochy just rolling out of bed and winning another World Series, the first for the Rangers? What were your takeaways there from kind of the postseason, looking ahead to next year, Major League Baseball? Well, you know, honestly, I think it's a really fascinating discussion, especially in light of what's happened this week, where the Cubs basically bought Craig Council out from under the Brewers. Uh, you know, you have the Guardians with a new manager, Stephen Vogt, you're the Mets with a new manager as well. I, I think it's really interesting to see how these teams are trying to figure out exactly what a manager is worth. And the Rangers clearly found out what a manager is worth with what Bruce Bochy was able to do here. Just pushing all the right buttons, apparently being a really good communicator with the players. And 
they were phenomenal in the postseason, and I think the manager has a really big impact on the playoffs. Maybe not so much the regular season, but certainly the playoffs. So for the Rangers, I mean, kudos to them. I'm not surprised that Arizona ran out of gas. It's a shame because the one really, really, really good start Zach Allen gave them in the playoffs, you know, was in that series. So, you know, I wasn't really surprised to see the outcome. I just wish I had uh, gone with a fourth barrel going against the Diamondbacks because I did it three times and lost. And then, of course, I didn't do it in the World Series. How about takeaways last night? The Chargers and Jets, both four and four. I mean, the Zach Wilson situation, I'm sure you heard it, Berkey. Uh, Derwin James went up to Aaron Rodgers and was like, when are you coming back? And Rodgers said, give me a couple of weeks or give me a few weeks. If they're still in the mix, the assumption is we'll see Rodgers. But that's the question because be quarterback right now for the Jets and that offense is just putrid, to say the least. Well, they're not alone. I mean, there's a lot of bad offenses out there in the NFL, a lot of bad quarterback play right now. I, I do like Robert Sala saying, well, that's nowhere near the worst game that Zach Wilson's played, <laughs> yeah. which always a great vote of confidence in, in your starting quarterback when you come up with that. Uh, look, I mean, the Jets, obviously, you know, they, they continue to have a defense that's that's very you know, solid. Uh, I mean, they held Justin Herbert to 136 yards passing, had five sacks of their own, uh, but they just – Zach Wilson was not the guy when they drafted him, and he's clearly not the guy now. And hopefully for their sake, Rodgers has some sort of ridiculous recovery here, and he is able to come back because this is a feisty team that's going to stay in a lot of games. They just they can't score effectively. If Rodgers is healthy enough, not completely to back to where he once was, could this team potentially chase Miami and Buffalo down? Because neither of them have seemed to overwhelm when the competition's greater. I wouldn't think so. I mean... Buffalo's defense is bad right now with the injuries to White and Milano. That's something that they really haven't been able to overcome. And the offense just looks kind of all out of sorts. I realize that, you know, Miami has struggled when they've stepped up in class. But the thing of it is, they're not going to step up in class a whole lot more during the regular season. You know, they've already gotten the Chiefs game out of the way, the Eagles game out of the way. I mean, they get the Ravens on the road, they get the Bills one more time, and then they've got, uh, you know, a game here against the Cowboys, which, I mean, who knows what they'll look like by that time. So I think the Dolphins are still going to win this division because they're going to beat up on the inferior teams. Uh, what will they do come playoff time? That's a much bigger question, but I think it's clear, pretty clearly Miami's division to lose right now. Better's already got their bump with Antonio Pierce, you know, that first game with the Raiders. However, will the momentum continue? Do you think the bookmakers have it right next Sunday night with the Jets laying a point and a half at Vegas, Burke? I don't know. I mean, you know, it, it's it's hard to kind of project out if Aiden O'Connell can consistently get the job done at quarterback, especially now facing a Jets defense that is, you know, definitely better than what he faced last week. But at the same time, I mean, Jets on a short week, long travel out to Vegas. You don't love that situation for them. And for the Raiders, I mean, what if this is a decent team that was just being held back by Josh McDaniels and, and Mick Lombardi and some of the other coaches that were there? You know, to me, I think that maybe this is another play on week for the Raiders. And then we can reevaluate from there. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. I think you're going to see a little momentum carried over with all we're hearing out of Las Vegas where the boys are chilling. Of course, Adam Burke on a Tuesday, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. When we return, Berkey's got two college basketball plays tonight and what to expect a long basketball season over at vcin.com. We continue Sharp Money. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
Your getaway with Apple Vacations begins the moment you step on board one of our exclusive non-stop vacation flights. Escape the ordinary with packages starting at just $599. No layovers, just pure relaxation from takeoff to touchdown. Immerse yourself in the joy of travel with Apple Vacations. Your journey is as enchanting as the destination. So pack your bags and leave the rest to us. Visit AppleVacations.com or call your local travel advisor to book your vacation.